0: The morning show. Yeah. The home team. No, it's both. It's the crossover with Sam Franco and Chris Bray.
1: Crossover. Step back.
0: Ah! Step back the right here on 960theref.com. What's up, everyone? Sam Franco, Chris Brain, back with another edition of the Crossover Podcast right here on 960theref.com. Also on iTunes, don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, Five-star reviews, much appreciated, as that uh, helps us get this out there to the masses. Uh, The more uh, five-star and positive reviews you get, the higher up your podcast goes in how iTunes distributes them. So uh, we would very much appreciate you all to do that. And now that we've got that out of the way, we can actually get to sports, which is what you come to listen to this podcast about. Uh, yeah, and there's plenty to talk about, too. Yeah, no question about it. We're going to hit on a just god-awful article about Roquan Smith in the Chicago Tribune and a very half-assed apology that came uh, after a said article was published. Uh, we're also going to talk about the NBA playoffs as the Eastern and Western Conference Finals are set and brain. You were absolutely right about something that we'll get to in uh, just a little mm. bit. And uh, yeah, uh, I've, it, as I watched the the Cleveland-Toronto series, especially that game one, uh, I, I knew that you would be uh, lording this over me when we get to it. So we will uh, be doing that. And then we'll wrap up talking a little Georgia baseball as uh, I think Athens and uh, the state of Georgia has UGA baseball fever right now as that team is red hot.
1: Yeah, and uh, looking to, to to be on track to not just make it back to the postseason for the first time in a long time, but actually probably host some postseason games
0: here in Athens. Which would be very been, nice. Man, it's been a decade since that's happened. That is uh, absolutely the case. So hopefully Georgia does end up hosting. But we'll get to that uh, in a little bit. First and foremost, uh, we go to the Chicago Tribune and a columnist for that paper by the name of Steve Rosenbloom, who decided that because Roquan Smith, who did absolutely nothing wrong other than getting his car broken into, which is not his fault was a terrible draft pick for the bears. Yeah. I
1: mean, Roquan was the victim of a crime. And yes, he had a lot of valuable stuff in his car. And uh, according to Roquan, I I believe he says he was was what two thirty in the morning. He he accidentally unlocked it. He didn't intentionally leave his car unlocked. He didn't. He wasn't aware that he did. But nevertheless. That doesn't matter. Like, if you, you know, you could leave your car unlocked with a, a stack of $100 bills in it. Now, that's not a great idea. No. But if somebody takes those $100 bills, you're still the victim of a crime. Yes, and okay? that's the
0: thing. Like, like you could leave, like, I, I think I said this on Twitter. I could leave the crown jewel sitting on the front seat of my car. That still doesn't mean it's a good idea for someone to break into my car and take them. No. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's not the smartest thing to
1: leave crown jewels in the front seat of your car, but that still doesn't give somebody like license to just go and help themselves to it. And oh, he was that's the, in
0: plain sight. I'm just going to take yeah. it. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, Roquan is the victim of a crime. So, yes. I mean, I guess we had a bit of victim blaming there yeah. from the uh, from the Chicago Tribune, but you know, the guy. The guy reached his desired effect in this day and age. It's about uh, it's about clicks and mentions, and which is very sad. And, by and the getting, way, you know, and and ats and he got plenty of them.
0: Yeah, but I mean, this article was just so poorly researched, poorly written. I mean, if if you look at the way that it that, that it is composed, here are some adjectives that I used when describing this article and and how poor that it was. I mean, lazy, sloppy, not researched, irresponsible, assumption-heavy, condescending, and a lot of those adjectives are the same adjectives that this guy uses to describe Roquan Smith, a guy that he doesn't even know. I mean, he may have met Roquan Smith one time, and it was when the, uh, the linebacker had his introductory press conference in Chicago, and he might not have even been there for that. I don't know. That would be me assuming that. But I'm just saying, how can you make all of these assumptions about a guy that you don't know? And here's another one of the things. I said condescending. Here's one of the things that bothered me. It was was the language in the article. He says, listen, Rook, you can't lose your playbook. You just can't. The playbook is the team's Bible. You don't put the Bible at at risk in a car overnight. Yeah, he didn't lose it. It was stolen. First of all. What gives you the right to talk to or, or like to talk to Roquan like that? Basically, listen, Rook. Yeah. What? Like, who are you to say
1: that? Well, listen. He was. It was. It, it probably took him ten minutes to fart that column out. And look at the clicks he's gotten. And the mentions. No, I, mean, I get it's just, it. Yeah. But, I
0: mean, it's just irresponsible and and and, and just not fair to Roquan to, cl- to classify him like this. One of the things in the article, too, is is this quote. At this point, you could ask how a student athlete that the NCAA is so proud of not paying is able to afford a 2018 Beamer. So he's insinuating that there was some sort of ineligible or in, impermissible benefit. He actually wrote another article uh, today, which is Thursday when we're recording this. He calls it a mea culpa for Roquan Smith. But the only thing he apologizes for is insinuating that he received an improper benefit. And he goes on to say, I was sloppy and unreliable in reference to Smith and his new car. If I'd researched the issue properly, I would have learned that Smith had entered into an endorsement partnership deal with Athens BMW. Yeah. And it's like... What he what he meant to say, if, if I had
1: researched that at all, instead of properly... That's what I'm saying, but the at pro- all! The properly suggests that he actually did some research in there instead of at, uh, at all. But yeah, so I believe it was basically... Uh, the scores of Georgia fans who showed up in his Twitter feed <laughs> saying, like, "Hey, idiot!" <laughs> yeah, a he has a, he got an endorsement with BMW, and uh, b uh, these first round draft picks, even if they haven't signed their contract and gotten their money yet, their agents are fronting them money.
0: They're fronting the money, or like like with LeBron James, for example. Remember when he was driving an H two while he was still in high school? Yes. How do you think he paid for that? The agent was, I mean? fronted, an agent was fronting him money, absolutely. or absolutely, or at least his mom. I think is what the, they said. His mom bought it for him at the time. Well, where do you sure. think she got that money? Yeah, absolutely. So now, it's just now, stupid. Now,
1: when you're still in college or in high school, that's that actually is still viewed as an impermissible benefit. But once Roquan's out and he's been drafted, he has an agent. He got taken what eighth? Yeah, what and he doesn't he? have any.
0: Or he he was going to get rid of his eligibility anyway. Yeah. So I mean, once he
1: got drafted, he's the eighth pick of the draft. You know what money's coming to him as an agent that you know it, but that's not how that happened. But that's he not actually, even how this was. No. This was
0: not. He has an endorsement deal, so right. which came even, which came after he was already done at, at Georgia, yes. not while he
1: was enrolled here.
0: So, so the whole thing was laughable. And, and, and the other thing that bothered me about this is the assumptions that this guy is making about Roquan Smith. Like, first of all, you don't know Roquan Smith, and for those of us that do, he's one of the most humble, level-headed, smart and best Georgia football players we've seen in years. I mean, when you combine all of those things, he's not somebody that had, that, that just would do – I mean, like I said, he's going to learn from this, but he's not a player that you can lump into just, uh, you know, the, this, this horrible assumption pool that this guy has had. And, and this is one of the sentences – Uh, The Bears were able to wipe the information from it. It being the iPad, and that's another thing. It's like it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it is. You shouldn't lose have the playbook stolen or whatever. You should probably take better care of it. But they can, with a snap of their finger, wipe all of the information from it. This is 2018, so it's really not as big of a deal as say finding plays in a trash can and being on Bobby Petrino's staff and being like, "Ooh, what's this?" You know what I mean? Like that, that. It's it's a lot different. Than that, but but that sentence I was alluding to. The Bears were able to wipe the information from it. They were not, however, able to wipe the impression that their top pick was sloppy and unreliable. To think Smith was considered the safe in quotes pick. Yeah, well, he's like like he has a vendetta against Roquan Smith.
1: He was the safe pick. The guy's going to be an absolute stud. He should have been picked more than I thought. The Colts should have taken him. I thought the Colts should have taken him at six. Um, I mean to me it was like the 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 number 1 guy in the draft. I mean, I get why you wouldn't put him uh take him number 1. I understand how the league uh the league works, but you know, if I was you know, I've said before the draft, the two guys for me that if I was uh if I was staking my my very impressive reputation on being um no doubt about it star NFL players, Roquan Smith and Derwin James were the uh were the two that mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd, I'd back there. And so and the Bears got a heck of a player, but whatever the the relationship
0: with Roquan and this dude probably off to a rocky uh, off to a rocky start. Not just Roquan and that dude, but the Bears. I mean, uh, the Bears and that. I'm sure that you know when he came out with that, you know, Mia Copa as he called it, where he only apologized for the one thing when he probably should have apologized for this whole crap yeah. article. I think he's basically apologizing to the University of
1: Georgia mm-hmm. for insinuating that um, you know georgia was given you know handed out free bmws to its players while they're here but
0: here's the thing do you think he did that apology on his own or do you think he was pushed by like an editor or somebody like that? probably i mean there's Maybe they felt there was some liability
1: there if you know Georgia could have come back on them and said you know right we, you know
0: but you also got to look at from the Bears perspective. I mean the Tribune is tasked with covering the Bears the Bears see something like this attacking their first round pick and yeah. it's like
1: I'm sure they're used to it. Well, I've never, I read are. the guy's other columns but I'm sure it's not the first time he's uh, he's gone all in on the Bears, especially with their recent history.
0: Well, he also he also makes a large assumption here with this sentence: is the earliest the Bears ha- is this the earliest the Bears have been embarrassed over their choice in the first round? Why would they be embarrassed? He got it stolen from him. He didn't do anything other than have his car broken into.
1: I know. Yeah, I'm sure the the bears probably realize (laughs) that if that guy doesn't that he was the
0: yeah, Rokon was the victim
1: of a uh, of a crime. He did nothing wrong.
0: Yeah. So I mean, this whole thing and look, obviously we here in Athens we're going to leap to the defense of our guy, and that's fine. But uh, for all of this, I mean, this is just one of those things where if you're a young aspiring journalist. And you still want to have some semblance of credibility and not leap into the 2018 mode of of writing clickbait and things like that. Use this article as a great example of how not to write an article. Yep, but the, you know what?
1: What's unfortunate though is I think that you know the editors that they appreciate stuff like that, which is very sad. Yeah, because that's what it is. I mean, that's what the the Tribune and that guy's looking at. He's looking for some attention and looking for clicks and mentions, and he got plenty of them. And by the way, I mean if you. If you go through the the mentions there, the you know there were there were Bears fans and they're defending his take on him. Like, yeah, that was irresponsible, and it um,
0: you know, and it makes me do, it makes me question Roquan now. It's like, you got to be kidding me! If you're questioning Roquan Smith, why don't you trade him to the Falcons for a third round pick? Yeah, we take him. Ooh, we'll take that. He'd look good next to Dion Jones, no doubt. All right, we will uh, transition here on uh, this edition of the Crossover Podcast. Sam Franco, Chris Brame, along with you. And we'll jump to the NBA playoffs where, Brain, go ahead. Let me have it. I, I, don't, I know. It's like I wonder where I got the idea that LeBron
1: might beat the Raptors <laughs> and, uh, and advance to the Eastern Conference Finals.
0: That was a crazy – that was a bold prediction that I made there. I, I knew the series was over with Game 1. That was just such a brutal way for the Raptors to lose. They had a huge lead in that game. I think I like got a 20-point lead in that game. LeB- LeBron and his team claw back in. And and then the Raptors end up, I think, losing in overtime. Yeah, Cleveland never led until overtime. And Valanchunas had, like, three tip-ins at the buzzer, like, nearer around the buzzer, that he missed all three of them. I mean, the dude is, like, seven feet tall. How do you miss at the rim like that? Yeah,
1: yeah, there was another great moment in the series too when LeBron just, you know, he hit some some turnaround fadeaway from the baseline and Valachunas was on the bench and he just like threw his arms up and put them behind his head. It's just like, like what are you supposed to do? What are you going to do? And there no. is. There's nothing you can uh you do and it is it's a fascinating matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals because I mean Brad Stevens to me is uh I I mean I'd take him if you're if you're making a team right now you need a head coach I think I'd pick Brad Stevens over any other coach in the uh, NBA right now and um but I just I, I'd be interested to see what he comes up with to try and solve LeBron James because I just don't think there are any answers there's just no. no way to defend him the way he's playing right now at this stage in his career
0: no and i I've doubted the Celtics too I don't think they can beat Cleveland without um Kyrie Irving and without uh, Gordon Hayward but I mean, I keep saying that about them. I thought the 76ers were going to handle them pretty easily. They did not. And it's just been so crazy to watch that young team with guys like, uh, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier. And Al Horford having the playoffs of his life. He never played this well in the playoffs as a member of the Hawks. No, and he was
1: he was bad last year against the Cavs in
0: that right. series. But and it was like
1: playoff Al that we're familiar with. He's found
0: something. I don't know what it is, but he's playing damn good basketball right now. And that team has such a great team mentality. And it's a joke that Brad Stevens didn't get one vote from his peers for NBA Coach of the Year. It's like are you kidding me the guy didn't have Gordon Hayward for the whole year lost Kyrie Irving for big chunks of the season and he's not I think he's run up Dwayne Casey won which is fine I mean he took the Toronto Raptors to the number one seed that's all well and good but he was also expected to be in that position or at least close to that position once the Celtics lost their two guys nobody thought that was
1: no and even after when Hayward got hurt in the first game of the season didn't the Celtics win like 16 straight games they or did. something? Yeah, yeah, Kyrie Irving was
0: playing very well,
1: but now they don't have him. And, yeah, and here they are in the Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, the thing is about with Stevens, he's been doing this, I mean, as we know, when he was at Butler and got them to, to, to back-to-back national championship games. But then there was, you know, his first year in Boston, the Celtics were supposed to be a team that was tanking. And they ended up winning like 40-something games and made the playoffs. So, you know, he's been doing this... His entire career, both in college and the NBA, but you know the way he's been able to to piece this thing together now and dispatch the Sixers, who that was the thing. The Sixers were the team; they were some, the juggernaut. They were going to be they they were going to win the East after they took the Heat down in the opening round, and Boston
0: went in there and just mauled them. They did. There's no question about that. So in the series between. Cleveland and Boston, I think we're both going to go with Cleveland here. I've learned my lesson, but yeah, I think uh, it yeah. could be tighter than people would think, just even with Boston not having those two stars.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, until I see LeBron not in the NBA Finals, I mean, I don't see how you can you can go against that. Um, so. I mean, he has
0: stepped it up to a whole new level, it even seems like, this playoffs. He's taken that onus on himself that, look, I don't have a lot of help, so I'm going to have to do this by myself. Yeah. And, and, um, and yeah. I mean, that, that's not fair to, to say by himself because Kevin Love's been really, really good as well. Uh, in these playoffs, but it's basically him and Kevin love. And then maybe somebody else will step up on a given night. But, but those two guys are really carrying that team right now. And I'm about to, um, make a, or I've come to a realization and I'm about to, I guess, admit something that it feels like I'm taking a knife and driving it into my heart when I admit this. And this, I'm about it. LeBron James is the best player on the planet. That's not what I'm, I'm upset about having to say. What I'm upset about having to say is I used to say that you can't say that LeBron is better than Jordan, but now I'm on the side of the fence now, especially after watching him in these playoffs, you can't say Jordan's better than LeBron either. No, there's just this... Like they're, they're on like a level plateau, and I think it's subjective to where, like, when you look at certain stats, look, Jordan was a lot better at some things. LeBron's a lot better at some things. But overall, as players, I think you have to put them on the same
1: level, and I don't think you can put really one over the other. No, I mean, the one thing, like, people say, well, I mean, Jordan was a much better jump shooter, and that's probably true, but, like, so is Steph Curry than LeBron. LeBron's not even the best jump shooter right. now, but the point is LeBron has that in his game. LeBron's he's also a better got, passer than Jordan He's also was, got so. this brute force to yeah. his game where he could just take anyone off the dribble and he's impossible to stop when he's going to the rack he can do that at uh at will jeff and i you know it wasn't an argument because i think these arguments are silly because they can't be proved but um you know i i said it the other day to me i mean i think lebron is the uh the best there's been and i was a guy that uh that thought jordan was and but you know my the thing that and my what you know what got me to thinking about it was when, when I was a kid and believed Michael Jordan was the bas- best basketball player ever, because immediately the go-to defense is LeBron's only got three titles and Jordan has six, and right. then Magic has five, and, and Kobe even has more than LeBron has. So how can you say LeBron's the best ever? But we're, when I was, when, when, I was thinking, when I was a kid and thought Michael Jordan was the best basketball player of all time was way before he had six NBA titles. In hmm. fact, for me, it might have even been before he even had won his first. That I was right, like, because it
0: took him a while to get over that hump. I mean, in the in the late '80s, you know, he was losing to the Pistons. He had a lot of trouble with that team. But then once he finally got over that hump, I mean, there was no way to stop him. Yeah. So, I
1: mean, I you know, I almost feel like it was even in that that game where he scored the 63 points in the playoffs against Boston and he had that crossover on Bird and Birds, you know, it was like a pretzel all tied right. up and he hit that jump shot. I mean, that might have been the moment I'm like, this is the most amazing basketball player that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And that was before he had won a title, so it's uh so I mean, it's just interesting to me that that's That is like the go-to in the Mm -hmm. argument for Jordan and against LeBron. But Jordan was viewed as the best basketball player ever before he even had
0: those six titles. And going uh, going forward, I I just say I will never put one over the other. I I don't think I'm ever going to put LeBron over Jordan, but I can't at this point anymore put Jordan over LeBron. Yeah, I mean they're equal. They 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 do different things. They did. uh, I guess Jordan did different things than the way LeBron does things. They both had their strengths. They both had their weaknesses. I would say Jordan, LeBron's more athletic, but I think Jordan was a little more tenacious on defense. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's so many different little things you can pick out here and there, but the bottom line is they're both great, and LeBron may still win a few more titles. I guess it depends on, you know, where he goes and who all goes with him and and where he's, he's playing next season and beyond. But I just really think... That when you're when you're looking at those two guys, it's it's you know, option A and option B. There there there's no and when I say option A option B, that's that's not even like trying to say one's more better than the other. It's just that at this point, who's the greatest player of all time? LeBron Jordan. Like that's what it is. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, here's another thing with the, with uh, in in the case for me with LeBron too is like how many other future Hall of Famers has he been a teammate with? I, one, Dwayne Wade. That's it. Right? Future Hall of Famer. That's the only one LeBron's ever played
0: with. You don't think that? Ky- I mean, Kyrie may be down the line. I mean, I, I, that, that's a little bit too early to tell. Now he's got a long way to go. He's got a long way like, to go. Right here Kevin Love. Moment. I mean, he's. I think Kevin Love's borderline. I mean, he's yeah. Because I mean, I mean he's, he's got, got it, all those stats he put up in Minnesota before he came to Cleveland. I mean, I, I think he's borderline. Yeah, but I mean, Magic but played. Magic played weighed. with
1: two or three of them, and you know, I mean, Jordan, Jordan only had played Pipp- with one.
0: He had Rodman too. He had Pippen and Rodman. I guess that's a good point. And Rodman Rodman's a Hall of Famer but not like when you think about it like not in the same way that maybe uh, some of the other guys are. I mean you wouldn't I would him, say Rodman's a Hall of Famer like Kevin Love's.
1: A you Hall wouldn't put him in the all-time, you know, gra- I think but but you know Rodman to me is like the best rebounder there oh, for was. Sure. And no, the I'm guy totally had right. he had rebounding it was like a a science and I know it's you know it, it's hard to sometimes to think of because Rodman turned into like this, you know, the the guy the the eccentric that he became but mm-hmm. even when he was that guy it was like a science where he could tell the angle the ball was being shot at and figure out exactly where it was going to come off oh yeah line. no
0: he he was uh, the the savant yeah it, what do they call it an idiot savant if you will yeah <laughs> like I mean when it came to rebounding the basketball yeah that's what he but did. then
1: you know th- this was the same guy while he was that I mean he was you know dressing up in no wearing you know, a, a wedding wedding, dress. wedding gown in yeah. Times Square and whatnot yeah. so.
0: Definitely an interesting character, but uh, as I've, I guess the one I guess devil's advocate role I will play against LeBron is the level of difficulty in the Eastern Conference for him versus what Jordan had to go through. That's the only difference. I mean, Jordan was facing much better teams than what LeBron has done. Yeah, I mean, the in.
1: East has been really a, a much clearer
0: path. But also, I think LeBron, the, the defenses in the NBA are way better now than when Jordan played. The and, defense I mean, was more physical when Jordan played, but I think overall the teams have adjusted to the new style and the overall level well, you're of defense, allowed to zone
1: right? now where it was just purely man-to-man back in the uh, day. But and if the, the
0: elimination and, of hand-checking has allowed players a lot more freedom to get to the basket. If
1: you go and look at, like, the – yeah, I mean these some of these clips where Jordan was going and dunking. I mean there were no defenders in his path, even attempting to get in his way and stop him.
0: Right, and because I think you know the, the the I guess tendency back then was to try to if if they're going to get those buckets, let them get those, and then you get down the court and score. Then you would you just know. close line
1: somebody. Or maybe. that, yeah, if you're yeah. Bill
0: Lambeer. but yeah, I just think overall that when you're LeBron, I mean you really haven't had as much competition. And I mean, what's your competition been? The Hawks who were very overrated in that one season. They were the number one seed. By the way, the Hawks have faced LeBron James in the playoffs three times. They haven't won a game, They've right? been swept all three times. Yeah, yeah. Brutal. And so I saw an article that was like, who has LeBron done the most destruction against it? It was a ranking list in the playoffs, and the Hawks were number one. Yeah, well, Because they have never well, won a game against They're 0-12, right? It's brutal. It's yeah. horrible. <laughs> so uh, LeBron has definitely been a, a Hawks killer. But you look at who Jordan was going up against back then. I mean, you had great, like a a great Knicks team, great Heat teams. You had Orlando with a uh, Shack and Penny. I mean, there 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 was a lot better talent in the East back then. So I definitely think that that's something to think about. But still. I have gotten to the point now where I'm ready to admit you can't put one over the other in the LeBron and Michael Jordan argument. Just appreciate both no. of them for being the greatest two players that have ever played the game. You know, I mean, it's one of those
1: things you can argue
0: back and forth, and like you really can't prove it. But you're just yeah. you're just going in circles.
1: Yeah, but I've just gotten to where like the the, the heaviest ammunition used against LeBron is the whole rings thing, and right. so my my attack to that now is like, well, you thought
0: Jordan was great, but it's like Barry Bonds was great before steroids. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean? Jordan
1: like, was great before to the me. Rings. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was calling Jordan the best player of all time before he even had all six of those rings, which are now being used yeah. against uh, LeBron. So are you with me
0: on that? Like LeBron and Jordan are the two best players that have ever played, and it's pretty hard to differentiate the two? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say that. I mean, I do. I, I lean toward LeBron now, but I mean, it's one of those things I mean, where I'm I mean, I may still gonna... slightly lean towards Jordan just because of my love of nostalgia and thinking back on all those great moments. I mean, shoot. Michael Jordan made me do something I've never done and will never do again, wear an opposing team's jersey to an Atlanta sports event. I mean, that that's the level of fandom people had for Michael Jordan. Yeah, no, I mean, he was— uh, And I was crazy about the Hawks back I mean, then.
1: Nick was my guy, but I liked Jordan, too. Steve it,
0: Smith was my hero, and I wore the jersey of the guy Steve Smith was tasked with guarding yeah. at the Georgia Dome. I mean, it just blows my mind thinking back on that, but— that's how good Jordan was. Um, before we transition to Georgia baseball here, real quickly, because uh, we ran a little long there. We didn't get to the West. Houston Golden State. Finally, the matchup that we've wanted to see.
1: Absolutely, and I hopefully it's a it's a good six or a seven game series. I still the, think Golden State are going to win. Oh yeah, they're going to win. Yeah, I, I just but,
0: I mean, look, Chris Paul's had a great playoffs. James Harden's had a great playoffs. But, I mean, you just look at how many different ways the Warriors can beat you. And Steph Curry has come back, and he hasn't looked like he's missed a beat. He missed a good bit of time, and he came back and dropped like 28 points in his first game back. So, you've got the way he's playing. I mean, just look. you got Curry, Durant, Clay Thompson, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green. You have all of these different guys that not only can can shoot from outside, but you have a lot of them that can attack the basket, like Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala. Those are guys that can attack the basket. So I just and, and even you add a um, you add a, a, a swaggy P to the mix, and he's a he's a decent player as well. So I, I think that it's it's going to be way too hard for Houston to overcome that. They're a very good basketball team, but they haven't been here yet, and Golden State has. Yeah, and
1: I can't you know and, and Harden hasn't done it yet you know completely in the in the playoffs, and I still can't get out uh, last year with the the game they got eliminated by the Spurs, how awful he was. Um, and I know last year it was more of just him. Now they've added Chris Paul, but he's, you know, he's shown more of an ability to just completely fade away in a big moment, a playoff game, than you've seen. You know, obviously out of these Golden State teams that have
0: now won, you know, two NBA titles and have been to three straight finals. Exactly. So I, I'm going once again. We're going to get Golden State and Cleveland. In the yeah. NBA finals. So, I
1: mean, just which is what everyone thought, you know, in October when the NBA season started, or I mean, what everyone thought last year at the end of the finals when Golden State beat Cleveland is like, okay, well, these two teams are going to play again next year too. Funny how that worked. And Golden State's going to beat Cleveland probably in like four or five games. again. Yeah, like I just they
0: don't did. think that they, Look, I know we, I keep doubting like Cleveland and LeBron or what they can do. I thought Toronto was going to beat them, but it just feels like that they're going to run out of gas. Yeah, Golden State
1: has way too much yeah. when it comes to. To to that matchup.
0: All right, before we get out of here on this edition of the crossover, we got to give some love to Georgia baseball. They just completed their second straight sweep of Georgia Tech, so they've beaten them all three games two years in a row now, and they've won nine out of ten against their cross state rival. So that's obviously a huge thing to uh, you know tip your cap at. Uh, For Georgia baseball, but uh, earlier today, we're recording on Thursday, we talked to Coach Strickland on the morning show, and he's like, look, we can't think about that. We've still got huge series coming up. They they have two SEC series left, one against Florida, uh, starting, as you'll listen to this, uh, technically starting today for Friday, and uh, they also host Arkansas uh, to wrap up their uh, SEC slate. So... Uh, it's going to be tough because those are two very, very good baseball teams. But as you mentioned earlier in the in the podcast here, Georgia baseball could be hosting a regional for the first time in a decade.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think look, I mean, you you definitely you want more out of them, but I think at the minimum, if Georgia if Georgia went two and four in these net last six games in in conference play, I think the Dogs are hosting a regional now. I think if Georgia wins at least one of them. I think Georgia's going to be one of those national seeds, too, one of those top eight national seeds and have a, be in position to win a regional and then host the Super Regional, too, to get back to, uh, to Omaha. So there's a lot at stake. And, and, look, at the beginning of the year, and I'll even admit, I mean, as Georgia was having a good year, maybe the middle of April, the beginning of April, I kept looking at these last two series and saying, well, all right, good season now, but you could close with Florida and Arkansas. But I Arkansas know, is
0: horrible on the road.
1: Yeah, I mean they got swept by Mississippi State out there, and uh, but you know I think I mean I think Georgia's got a chance to win some games now over the next couple of uh, weeks and and win one of these series, and uh, you know they won't be lacking for confidence going into Gainesville this uh, you know this weekend. Florida did sweep them here uh, a year ago, but Florida won the national championship, and all three of those games were pretty tight um so i mean george is at least going to go down there with a belief that they can win now the gators haven't lost a series all year and they haven't lost more than two games in a row at any point this season so you know to to, to think that george can go then win that series is uh is a tall order but you know I, I mean i don't think it's completely like unbelievable though
0: no and just the way that this team is played i mean they really are that they have some standout players but it really is a sum of the parts i mean every every players it's like a well-oiled machine at this point the way that this team picks each other up and the way that you get pretty much from win to win it's it's a different reason that you won the game
1: like how many how many all sec players do you think they've uh, got i mean i think Shunk,
0: shunk's out there i think mcgovern's McGovern. out there and that, um, maybe curry Maybe he's he hasn't been. I don't think as good as as we would have hoped. But the other players have picked it up. But at around most, him. at
1: most three, probably. I mean, I think at least
0: one. C.J. Smith, man. I mean, the way he's pitched, I mean, yeah. he's uh, definitely been very good. But Shunk's in that kind got of the,
1: the saves and the he's he got the, the pitching in no, the offense. I mean,
0: Shunk's a, the, a triple threat, man. Guy yeah. can field, guy can pitch, guy can hit. I mean, it's uh, it's unbelievable watching him uh, go at it. So I think Georgia definitely is going to have some players in attention for uh, all conference honors and hopefully uh, that lends to more success going forward because I think this team uh, getting them into the right uh, the into, into the right frame of mind heading into the postseason can definitely do some damage uh,
1: yeah and I think they're in that right frame of uh, mind too I was listening to Zach Christofak in the post game the other night after the dogs knocked off tech and he sounded uh, confident and uh, Jeff pointed out to him as his, his hit list of wins and saves in his career and the big rivals that he's been able to uh, to beat, but the one he hasn't gotten is Florida. And uh, Zach sounded like determined to, to to change that this weekend and add the Gators to uh, you know as another
0: notch on his belt. Add him to the hit list. Yeah, no question about it. All right, he's Chris Bram. I'm Sam Franco. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Crossover Podcast right here on 960TheRef.com. Once again, please don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, makes it easier for you because you don't have to come find us, we find you. Also, rate and review, a little five-star review action helps us out, helps us get a little more promotion from iTunes, so we would greatly appreciate it if you guys could help us out with that. Once again, for Chris Graham, I'm Sam Franco. Thank you so much for listening. Back next week with another edition of The Crossover right here on 960theref.com. You've been listening to The Crossover with Sam Franco and Chris Brain on 960theref.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a US-based restoration specialist on your team,